Hi, and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists at the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and chemistry whiz, Ellen Fidian, is talking to us about space rock hunting in the desert using AI drones that make me suspicious. And I am Dr. Sophie Calabretto, applied mathematician and apparently AI skeptic. So to start off with Ellen, so what we have is we've got some meteorites, we're finding them, we're using drones in a very complex way that we'll get to later on. Why are we looking for meteorites? Why are we into these things? That was my question immediately as well when I found this research. Um, it turns out, um, obviously, studying meteorites is the simplest way to learn about um, the makeup of asteroids and other celestial bodies. And apparently, um, if you can watch a meteorite falling, so if you can watch when it hits the Earth, then you can deduce where it came from, like its orbit and that sort of thing. Um, so that gives you a bit more information. So if you can then find that meteorite that's fallen on the ground, you can learn a lot more about it than if you just like found it on the ground in the first place. Okay, so how do we, I guess like um, the meteorites fall often? Is this common? How do we find them falling? Do we, do our satellites pick them up? Clearly I have no idea what I'm talking about. How do we observe these things falling from the sky? So it's really, really tricky to do. Um, there's this thing called the Desert Fireball Network, which I think is a really great name. I was about to say that is maybe the best name for anything I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so good, right? Um, so that's like 50 stations across Australia that monitor the skies. And between them, they can look at like, um, I think about 3 million square kilometers of Australian sky, which is wow, about okay. a third. Yeah, it's, it's really good coverage. So yeah, they're, they're tracking constantly. And if one of them picks up a fireball, apparently you can then use the um, data from like its velocity and direction and stuff to figure out where it might have landed to a radius of like several square kilometers. So it's not like you can find, you know, the one meter spot on the ground where it's fallen, but you can get a bit of a range of area. And that's still pretty precise, Sarah. I mean, I would have assumed that it would be something like hundreds of kilometres. So they can pinpoint it down to sort of, yeah, kilometre radius, let's say, and then does someone just go out and pick it up? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Well, except um, it's still like these meteorites can be really tiny. They can be like two or three centimetres. Oh so if you've got like five square kilometres and you're looking for a meteorite, that's really hard. Apparently, uh, the normal technique is to send out sort of four to six people who then kind of um, sweep the desert. Um, they're all walking like sort of five, ten metres apart from each other, looking across these like areas of desert for this tiny rock. Like sort of like how they look for dead bodies on TV shows? Basically. Where you put like a line of people that just sweep through. Okay, that's uh, that's good to know. And so... Obviously, this is, I presume this isn't super efficient or, I mean, obviously we're now picking another way to find these things. This seems like quite an old process where we get the dead body finders to find our meteorite in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Yeah, they're nowhere near as successful as they are on TV shows. So they, um, I think about 20% of meteorites get found in that way because they can't cover the whole area in a single trip. Um, there was one calculation that said it took like 350 day, labor days to find one meteorite, which is huge. That's not, that's not super efficient. That's an expensive <laughs> way to find a very small rock, I think. <laughs> No, yeah. So um, a group of researchers from Curtin have um, figured out a way to speed the whole process up, which um, they're really excited about. It didn't occur to me that this is something you'd need to do. But yeah, they, they've figured out using AI and drones that they can um, dramatically reduce that searching time. 
Okay, so now I really do want to talk about these AI and drones because I love a drone, although I think that they are, <laughs> there's a pretty epic way to introduce noise pollution somewhere. But I am suspicious about AI. So what what are they doing at Curtin to try and improve this method of finding meteorites using AI in a way that doesn't make me worried about computers doing what we do, but in a fast way? So... Um... There was a team of Curtin researchers. Um, it was actually most of a PhD um, project by a student named Seamus Anderson who like, did this as part of his thesis. They built um, a machine or they used a machine learning program called a convolutional neural network, which is apparently a program that's really good at learning from visual data. Um, they actually borrowed a couple of meteorites from the West Australian Museum and dropped them in the desert and then took drone footage of them and then fed that into the program saying, well, this is a meteorite, so now you have to identify what other meteorites are. Um, and the machine learning program started to figure out and identify from drone footage which ones the meteorites were. I guess that's quite good. So rather than just giving the AI a bunch of pictures of meteorites, they're actually reproducing the the situation that that, that drone is going to be in where it's looking for meteorites in the desert from a height. Yes. Which I, okay, that's, that makes me feel slightly better, I guess. Can we just very quickly talk about how you borrow a meteorite from a museum? Why, oh, I wish I could have read that email, right? Like, Just like, hey, guys, just wondering, need a couple of your, I guess, I mean, how much is a meteorite worth? That's not what we're talking about. But just imagine if you lost that, like you put it in the desert. Yeah. What if they'd lost it? I know. Um, anyway, so so th does this work, I guess, is the main thing I want to know. I'm now slightly more trustworthy of the AI. I love a drone. Is this actually helping them find these meteorites? Yeah, so they, they trained it. They were pretty pleased with how they trained it. They said it was very good at spotting meteorites. The problem was there were loads and loads of false positives as well. So they say it's really more of like an anomaly detector than a meteorite detector. Um, so false positives included stuff like snakes, tin cans, um, kangaroos. <laughs> Apparently there's like a type of purple flower that the AI thought was a meteorite. So like they still have to sift through a lot of imagery, but it's a lot faster than just going out and doing it themselves. All right. Well, that, I mean, now I feel more comfortable with my understanding of AI because that was going to be the next question. What did they pick up instead? So it, it is improving yeah. Um, yeah. what they're doing. And I wonder, is this kind of work, can this be applied to other places? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so they developed this method a couple of years ago and published it, and they didn't actually get to test it until last year. Um, when a meteorite was observed on the Desert Fireball Network, but it worked really, really well. They had four researchers going out. They spent three days searching using the drone footage. They had a smaller drone to, like, test stuff, and um, they actually they recovered it in three days. So that's so much faster than what they were previously 350? Yeah. 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 And the meteorite itself was, I think, about three centimetres by five centimetres. It was tiny. Um, yeah, that's okay. That's very successful. I'm quite, I'm quite impressed with that. Um, and so, I mean, I have a tiny drone that my partner gave me for my birthday because I think it's actually designed for um, eight-year-olds, but I have a good time. If I attached a camera to that, can I get this kind of, can I get their AI methods? Can I go looking for meteorites and then sell them to music, uh, musicians? <laughs> can I sell them to museums to make a huge amount of money for when people then need to test other drones? 
Long term, yeah. So they say you need to train it on your local area. So they're first focusing on sending their program to like their colleagues overseas. They're talking about like Canada, Morocco. They've got collaborators in the UK as well. Um, so they, they're hoping that they'll be able to spot meteorites there, those researchers. But they said amateurs could do it too. Um, the trick is training it. Uh, they're not The museum's not necessarily going to lend an amateur a meteorite to test with, but they said um, spray painting rocks black would probably do it. You could use that as your like training meteorite. I'd be into that to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, apparently it's quite tricky to get the drone to the right height and find the right sort of footage. So it would take a while, but they said theoretically in the future, yeah, um, they can share their um, machine learning program and people can do it themselves. So it could become a weird new hobby of mine in the future if I just had a little bit of perseverance. Absolutely. You might need a slightly bigger drone than one for an eight-year-old, but um, long-term, yeah. <laughs> Not sure if I'm allowed one. So just but we, we're running out of time. Just before we go, what is your favourite thing that you learnt doing this story? Because I think this is amazing. My favourite thing? I think um, – I love the idea that the AI was coming back. So what they do, the drone would come back, they'd feed the footage into a computer and then it'd show up all these pictures. And I love the idea of the AI saying, is this a meteorite? And then going, no, it's a flower. And then is this a meteorite? <laughs> no, it's a snake. Like, I just love the imagery of the researchers sitting in the desert, sifting through these images together, thinking, "This is is this even going to work? But it did. It was wonderful. It does sound a little bit like interacting with a small child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Amazing. Thank you so much for that, Ellen. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep an ear out for our next instalment of Cosmos Science Today. This podcast was brought to you by Cosmos, a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia. 